This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, this is Arjun. I really get excited about this podcast because I get a chance to talk to leaders from all walks of life all over the world. And in this journey, this promise of big wins, the big secret is that each one of us have unique paths. Our starting points are different. Our end goals are different. And that's the reason this incredible conversations fascinate me. And today in that spirit, I truly am fortunate to have a conversation with my VIP guest, George Brunt. George Brunt has over 40 years of business and legal experience advising both large and small companies. After representing Alcatel, Citicorp, International Telephone and Telegraph in the general counsel positions and serving as off counsel to Greenberg Torig, a leading international law firm, he founded the Business Legal Management LLC. George built multiple million dollar companies of uh, controldocs.com, known as also known and now known as iControl ESI, and also PW Holdings Inc., and also owns several Paul Mitchell schools. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big, George. Thank you. Thank you, Arjun. Great to be here. So, George, truly a pleasure because as I go, go through, because I get fascinated by entrepreneurs who have had this incredible corporate world experience because in corporate world being with people at that highest level it teaches us incredible amount of things so i want to look at your fascinating background of big impact in the corporate council with some of the big names i went and talked about both nationally and internationally so when you look back george what are some big key insights you have learned in your journey that helps you and makes you win big over and over? Well, I, I think one of the big things, when I was at a company called DSC Communications, that's how I got into Alcatel, is DSC Communications was acquired by Alcatel. And Alcatel kept me on as general counsel after that. So, um, but when I was there, there was a, a unique leader named Jim Donald. Jim was from East Texas and, uh, was much like Ross Perot uh, in, in some ways, but in, in other ways uh, not. He was, a, he was a fantastic leader and CEO, and I reported to him as his senior vice president. And there were a couple of things that I learned from him that I think are worth passing on. Uh, one of the things I asked him as he, as he retired and sold his company to Alcatel, I said, Jim, what's your biggest lesson? And he said, you always know what's right. There's a little voice inside of you that tells you what's right. And all my success I owe to doing the right thing. And then he added the right thing, right. <laughs> and I thought that was a great lesson is, is if, you, if you can always do the right thing and do it right, you've, you've got the world wired 
um, you can you can succeed at almost anything. He built that business from uh, the first digital switch in a, in a laboratory to a company that he sold for $7 billion. That's fascinating. And you know, to me, when you talk about doing the right thing right, I grew up in Kolkata, India with my grandma. And one, one time we were having this discussion, 10, 12-year-old Arjun with grandma about integrity. And she told me integrity is about doing the right thing when nobody is watching and going to bed with no regret. Okay. And next she reminded me, but for you, I'll just make it much more simpler. Integrity is you knowing that all the time I'm watching you. And if you don't do the right thing, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> and grandma's smack was like really special, but hurt also. And after, you know, she passed away, I know from heaven, she's watching me and she makes a note out of, makes a list out of times I may have not made her proud. So I try to avoid those smacks. I really love that. So George, let me ask you, if I was fortunate to work for you in any of your roles, what would be the story I'll tell everybody that, hey, I worked with George and this is the one big thing I learned working with George. Well, that's an interesting question. I would hope that you would, you would know that I care. Uh, that I care about you, I care about your family, I care about your success. And uh, I, I think that I can help guide you to get there by helping you do the right things right. Um, I, what you said about integrity was, was very important. I, I think you know I wrote a book called Leading with Integrity. And uh, that's one of the premises of the book. It's, it, but it's not, it's not, some people say integrity is doing what you say you're going to do. But it's, but it's more like what your grandma said. It's, it's doing the right thing. So you could say, I'm going to rob a bank and you could rob the bank and you don't have integrity. <laughs> that is accountability. <laughs> so what is, tell, what is this book about? Give, us, give me three of the top big lessons we would learn if we read the, you know, once we read the book. Well, I, I, I think one is that integrity is, is always doing the right thing. Um, it, it's so important, but then what is the right thing? My, my grandfather, this is when he died when I was six. So he taught me this lesson before I was six years old. Uh, he said, if you wanna learn how to do anything, you go sit down and we had a home up in the mountains in Idaho and it was right along a river. He says, if you wanna learn how to fish, you go out there, you watch a fisherman who's catching fish and you ask him everything. You ask him about his attitude. You ask him about what flies he's using. You ask him about how to cast. You learn everything you can from a person who's being successful. And so I, I think a second lesson would be that there's a way to identify what the right thing is. And that is uh, there's been thousands of years of history, plenty of things to study about what worked and what didn't work. And uh, if we if we make those studies and we do the things that work and we do them in the right way, we're going to get the same result. And then the other big lesson that I think uh, I talk about in the book is thoughts are nice, but they never have a con they they never have a direct consequence other than they do result in an action sometimes or an inaction, but only an action has a consequence. So if, if you want to achieve things in life, you can't just sit on your couch and think about it. 
you've got to get out every day and take consistent daily action towards what you're trying to do. So you have to put something in place in order for a consequence to come about. I love that. I love the way you set it up with how your thinking is, but you brought it back to connections, sorry, actions. And I think it's very fascinating. Of course, now I have to ask you, okay, because for you, everything is consistent. You come from amazing background. Your grandpa is very proud of you. So what with that high level of integrity made you not only choose, but continue in a legal profession, a profession where there are lawyers who are not respected, but then there are incredible lawyers who are business leaders and who inspire us. So what made you choose that with that whole focus on integrity? Well, I think what our what laws are is society has gotten together and figured out what works. And they've said, okay, this is a law. And you take the traffic system, for example. There's, there's a line down the middle of the road. Cars go, depending on what country you're in, either on the left or the right. They don't cross the line, you know. So there's certain rules that that people put in place that cause. Now, there's some countries that don't have such such good laws and traffic can really jam up sometimes and there's a lot of honking and you've probably seen some of that in some countries but but the the more structured your legal system is the more success that you can have if you follow the law so i'm a, i'm a big believer in the rule of law and that we the people we're, we 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 thomas jefferson said that government requires the consent of the people and so we give our consent to these laws and then we follow them and society runs smoothly now it's the same thing in business if you have a set of policies and procedures and you follow those policies and procedures and they're designed to result in success they will result in success so i i think i've been fascinated and one of the reasons why I went into law is because I've been fascinated with law and how it can make uh, things function more um, effectively and efficiently to get to bring about a good result. And of course, it, it is the result that that we want to do. In 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 litigation, I've only taken cases that I knew we were right in. Now, there's a lot of lawyers who take any case. Uh, but Abraham Lincoln and myself, we only took cases we could win. And therefore, uh, throughout my career, I've won all my cases because I haven't, if, if we've been in the wrong or if my company's been in the wrong, we've fixed it. We haven't litigated it. We've, we've taken care of it. We've, we've fixed it. But if we're in the right, then we'll go ahead and litigate it sometimes because we want to prove that we're in the right. And I think... You know, that really connects the thread of integrity because the confidence and assertiveness with which you talked about, if we were in the wrong, we fix it, don't litigate. But if we are on the right, you litigate and defend yourself because you're right. And I just think that that kind of a very clear binary is so important because many a time we get caught into the gray area because at the end of the day, I love the way you're defining that you know what is right. And again, great wisdom that you have inherited and you're passing on to us. So now I want to talk about the entrepreneur side, side of George. And you're the founder of Business Legal Management, iControl ESI, PBW Holdings. 
what was the vision behind these organizations? Well, it goes back again to my, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, my father were all entrepreneurs. And when I uh, asked my dad for advice, he said, don't be an entrepreneur. Go get a job like your brother-in-law and work for an established company and have a salary. Don't take those risks of entrepreneurship. So I followed that path. I followed my father's advice up through um, my career, but towards the end of my career, I thought, you know, I, I want to try some of this entrepreneurial stuff. And one of the, one of the, so Control Docs or ESI, it was, it, there was a need out there that we tried to find someone who could fill and nobody could fill it. And that was at the time, and that was to digitize and organize documents in a searchable way. And so I had this one lawsuit, um, it was against Lucent, and we had 10 million pages of photocopies in the litigation. How do you, how, how many attorneys is it going to take to look at 10 million pages and get the relevant information out of it? So it was kind of founded out of necessity. Uh, I, I talked to the company and got their permission to start an entrepreneurial company on the side while I was still general counsel of Alcatel. But it was, it was to start a company. And then uh, we, we actually went in and Texas Instruments had the same idea. And so we went into and uh, uh, started this company that provided documents for Texas Instruments, IBM, Alcatel. And it just helped us organize and search litigation documents so that we could come to conclusion uh, without having well, I remember in, in one case we had at Greenberg Trial, we had about 60 partners reading Excel spreadsheets for eight hours a day. Wow. And, so, and so the cost of that and the inefficiency of that is just horrible. So I tried to come up with a more efficient solution. And that was a successful business. I ended up selling it. And then um, uh, the the PBW, uh, it, it, it is the company I did to, to own Paul Mitchell Beauty Schools. And that we just thought, you know, for a give back, it's just such a great thing to see these young people, a lot of them who have dropped out of school or who not, school was not the path for them, but they're very creative, they're very brilliant. Sometimes it's not whether or not you're brilliant, it's how you're brilliant. And these people come in and they develop a great career, they can make a six figure income, uh, in cosmetology, and it's 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 just it's it's kind of a different thing, but it's a real joy to see these young uh, men and women graduate with a cosmetology degree and have a career, and it only takes a year. So, uh, John Paul DeJoria uh, is a partner with me in some of the schools, and uh, I think we both just delight in uh, helping people with their careers that way. Thank you for sharing because I really feel that give back with a purpose and you seeing the impact that you are making in the life of one person at a time, I really think that makes it very powerful because in a world where either most of us take, some of us give back, I really feel more people give back. It just raises the whole ecosystem for all of us. Yeah, I got to tell you something about my partner, John Paul. Uh, John Paul DeJoria founded Paul Mitchell uh, in a 
from the trunk of his car. He was homeless at the time. He was living in his car. And he's built that to a company that's now worth, well, he's worth several billion dollars and he's, he's a philanthropist. And I have had a lot of mentors like him in my life. And one of the things, one of his most famous sayings that he always tells us is success unshared is failure. If you don't share your successes, you might as well fail. Wow, that's really deep. Success unshared is failure. And, you know, as you're saying this, it makes so much more sense because he's creating the path. Like he, first of all, we need to be proud of where he came from the trunk of a car, homeless, to where he has built everything. But not all of us are like him. Right. And he's making it easier for the rest of us. And I also feel that something you said earlier really hit home is it's not about you being brilliant, but finding out what you are brilliant at, because each one of us are gifted, blessed with different potentials. And I really feel that this is really unique. Thank you. So this part of the conversation will stay with me forever. I'm getting old, so I cannot say. <laughs> so now let's go back to you being a super general counsel. And this to me is a great opportunity for me to ask, because I have a small business and you know, a lot of us listening. Sometimes legal becomes not a necessity for us. We just only get to legal issues when we get into a roadblock or when we have to file some documents. So what are some common challenges small business owners fail? Because your journey, every time when you build a big business, you started small, but small to big was a journey. So what are some big challenges or challenges small business owners fail, uh, face and they fail to address? Uh, that's a really good question. It's the whole reason why I started business legal management is because there are so many great people out there, entrepreneurs who are being uh, so successful, but but often what happens, and I've seen this, I, I represented a, a number of companies and uh, helped them through this quagmire, young entrepreneurs in their 20s and 30s. Um, one of them was a company called Prosper, and it was a very interesting company. They they went to uh, Donald Trump before he was uh, the president or anything, and and they they said, you know, we want to teach people how to be successful, and we want to use you as a model. And it, at first, he wouldn't see them. He these guys are in their twenties, and so they just stayed in his lobby for three days. Wow. <laughs> Finally, he came out and saw them. And they said, look, we just want to interview you. We want to talk about how to be successful. And then we want to teach other people how to do it online. And they, they were very successful, but there were a number of people who were in that same business. And they, they, they put online learning programs together, but they didn't know that the FTC had strict guidelines about what they could say and what they couldn't say what success stories they could use and what success stories they couldn't use and what disclaimers they had to make. And before, after three or four years of being successful, the FTC came in, attached their bank accounts, attached their credit cards, left them with no money to do anything, took all the money, refunded as much as they could back to the customers. And it was all because they weren't aware of the environment they were, they were dealing in. And 
I, I like I analogize it to fish in the ocean. A fish doesn't really know he's in the ocean until he pops out onto the shore and can't get back in. And then he's gasping for breath. Well, it's the same thing in, in this whole entrepreneurial environment. There's, there's many young entrepreneurs out there with drive, with enthusiasm, with, with a problem to solve and a solution for the problem, but they don't know how to go about it. They don't realize they're swimming in a sea of legal regulations and laws. And so the earlier that I can get into a company, uh, and so we've, we've designed a program, it's $2.99 a month, uh, just, just be, to make it affordable to have a person on your team who has a wealth of legal experience and can kind of direct you as to, hey, this is an important area to look at, and this is not an important area to look at, move forward, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the other is, yeah, move forward, but get some legal advice, make sure that someone reviews your um, testimonials, make sure someone reviews your advertising, make sure because you don't want to, you don't want to have all the success and then just have it come taken away from you. And nine out of 10 businesses fail, they say, startups. And I think a good reason why the majority of them fail is because they don't realize they're swimming in water. So let me ask you a specific question. Each one of us, small businesses, we use testimonials. What should be a caution or good practice to look at on testimonials? You know, it's and it goes back to that guiding principle we talked about at the first about doing the right thing. Uh, you don't want to mislead the public or the people who are looking at the testimonials. So uh, if if you have a program and you're you're teaching people how to become wealthy as Prosper was, how to become mm -hmm. successful, you can't just take the ten most successful people and use them as testimonials when a hundred people took the program and only 10 of them succeeded and the rest, maybe 70 of them just didn't take any action. And if you don't take action, you don't get a result like we talked about before. Mm -hmm. So 70 of them didn't take any action. 20 of them took some action and were moderately successful. And 10 of them took massive action and were extremely successful and made millions of dollars. Well, if you just use those people for your testimonials, you're misleading the general public as to what they can expect from your program. And so the, the FTC has, has gotten into this and is all they're trying to do is present, prevent fraud on the public, you know? And you, you don't want to even think of it in terms of fraud because you were responsible for this, these 10 people and their education and their massive success. Mm -hmm. But you also have to take responsibility for the 70 who didn't, who weren't inspired to take any action. You told them what to do. They just didn't do it. Right. And so you, you have to you have to find a way to tell people you can use that testimonial. But then you have to, with equal emphasis, say not everybody gets this result. If you want to see our results, you mm -hmm. can go to this website. So that's what I do with. Com all the companies that I represent that do marketing like that, I have them put a disclosure website up where they people can go to actually see the results of the average person, the results of the unsuccessful people, the, you know, all the results. And that way it's not misleading. But, but you have to make sure that it's, you can't put it in the small print down there. 
you know, because the FTC is going to say, yeah, you said it, but you didn't say it clear enough mm -hmm. for the public. So the, what they don't want is, is someone in the public just coming in and saying, well, hey, I'm, I'm going to have this result without realizing the, what that person went through to get that result. So the more you can teach, the more you can disclose, the more you can do the right thing, the better, the safer you are. And I also love the fact that you are making the cost of entry really low. So that way, any business, when they start, they can all start and get the basic. I really love that 299. That's really a great, great idea. So now let's change gears. The reason we are having this conversation is because of two people and an organization, Jeffrey Hazlett, Trisha Ben both amazing human beings. Not only they are smart, they have biggest hearts, I know. And also C-Suites Network. You are part of the Hero Club and I truly appreciate Hero Club connecting us. So let's take this next few moments to shamelessly give a little shout out to the organization and just thank them. Any thoughts you have about your journey with C-Suites and the Hero Je Club? Jeff, Trisha, and all of them are just great. And I, th I think they're putting together a successful organization of, of heroes. Uh, they, they call them heroes. I guess we don't call ourselves that necessarily, but, but it's, it's a club of people who've been successful, who want to give back and want to share and want to share with each other. And so we get together at these uh, C-suite network meetings and it's just awesome because everybody is there to figure out how they can help another person. And uh, sometimes we don't have the talent or the skills to help, but when we do, we can help. And so I think it's a great thing. I was even going to say, uh, in connection with, with my program, we have a white label program because the C-suite saw that and they thought, we uh, all these entrepreneurs need this. Will you give our members a discount? So we said, well, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll give your members a discount. That way they can afford to join the C-Suite network and they'll get our service. And so C-Suite offers our service for $199 a month. Wow. So that's kind of a, yeah, that's, that's kind of a benefit from them. But, but I, they take things like that, not just in my field, but in every field and try and make it available to the whole network and and it's a network of sharing and giving it's really a cool thing absolutely so george i have asked you a lot of questions and i you know you have shared from your heart is there any questions you have for me well yeah i i imagine it's a great experience um interviewing people like this how, how did you get started doing this uh i love to talk <laughs> But what I realized was listening is very powerful. And sometimes I was getting bored reading incredible business books, which talk about concepts, but it feels like a swimming book written by somebody who has never been in water. And that's the part where I found was conversations really open up the world. And if you look at the logo for the podcast is half my face. So every time before I start, I remind myself, the conversation is complete when I listen and my grandma would be very proud, my wife and my daughter too, all the women in my life that Arjun still listens. And that's the way it started. But again, I have to thank C-Suites Network because for the last, you know, before I started two to three years, I was looking for a path to start. But sometimes for some of us, especially me, 
the first step is very difficult. But once somebody shows you the first step, and that's the part where when I joined C-Suite's network, they said, hey, you know, boom, 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 intro, outro, this, and we are ready. I didn't even know there's a company called Megaphone. Now, like all these things, they help me. And then I'm rolling and we have crossed 100 episodes. And again, thanks to C-Suites and incredible guests have had such a fun journey. So thanks for asking that. Yeah, it's, I bet it's awesome. I bet I bet you learned so much. I'm anxious to go back and watch some of your podcasts. Yeah, and you know, when you watch, I will email you a few of the conversations. One was with a 14-year-old. This 14-year-old tells me, for each person going through the same journey, the milestones are different. I was just blown away. Then there was a 17-year-old. She was joining UPenn for a dual degree in management and law. And she was taking a year break before she joined because her first startup she has sold for an obscene amount of money and the second startup needed her time. And I had to ask that kiddo, Anjali, are you not afraid ever? She said, Arjun, I love the wall of fear. And anytime I see it, I throw myself at it. And every time I get on the other side stronger, like a 17 year old teaching me about the wall of fear. And so many of us take the look at the wall of fear and take a U-turn. So again, these have been fascinating experiences, but the biggest learning of all is from Blaine Hurst, my mentor, my boss in the corporate world, the best boss I've ever worked for. He taught me about the culture of dissatisfaction. He taught me organizations which have R&D localized within four walls of an office room, never go anywhere. R&D is a spirit in everybody's mind. If all of us don't have a culture of dissatisfaction, celebrate success. And those were some amazing nuggets. So thanks for giving me an opportunity to reflect and just really appreciate this opportunity. So, so now let me ask you a totally unique question. So if George tomorrow could walk into, let's say, a you know, Starbucks or your favorite restaurant and you meet George, 16-year-old, and George, 100-year-old, and they both like you and they both invite you to join the conversation. What would that conversation look like? Uh, that's a very unique question and very interesting. I, I think for George, 16-year-old, I'd uh, say be sure you have lots of mentors in your life. That you, that you look forward and find out who's successful. I've just had some wonderful mentors uh, all through Jim Donald, I mentioned, um, uh, John Paul DeJoria, and uh, in, my, in my church, the prophets and apostles in my church have been amazing mentors to me. And uh, to my 100-year-old self, I'd, I'd, I'd hope uh, that he might look at me and... Uh, encourage me to give back more and to uh, serve more. And in the end, hopefully, uh, uh, we will have blessed a lot of lives around the world. And you know, knowing you just a little bit, I would also add with confidence that George 100-year-old would be very proud of both George 16 and George you for what you have accomplished, but more importantly, what you have given back. George, this is a fascinating conversation. Thank you for taking time today. If I had to 
name this conversation right now. I would just name and steal your thought shamelessly with no disclosure. Yes, legal disclosures is it's <laughs> all about doing the right thing right. And I just think that is such a powerful message because the moment you said that, I'm thinking about different situations that puts us, gives us this, there's only one path out. Okay. There's one path forward. I really love that. And so thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You can do the wrong thing and it won't get you anywhere, but you can do the right thing wrong and it won't get you anywhere. But if you do the right thing right, it'll get the result you're looking for. Well, thank you so much, uh, Arjun. I really appreciate this conversation and the opportunity to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening to these fascinating conversations. All I can tell you is I'm going to try my best to do the right thing right because as George clarified, and you know, with my grandma, I always realized she had to tell me twice. So George also did the same thing, told me twice, <laughs> so I got it. And I love the last part of the explanation, knowing the right thing doesn't work. If you do it wrong, just do the right thing right. Thank you all for listening. Truly a pleasure and honor to bring these conversations to you and looking forward to the next time. Until then, stay safe and happy listening. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.